Hey, good night, uh, Draft 412. My name is JT, and we have a special guest tonight. Her name is Shay. She is a, a freelance uh, sports reporter. Um, she also does a podcast called Blitzers. Um, big Steeler fan, loves the Steelers like we all do here in Pittsburgh. Um, Shay, what did you think about the uh, the opening preseason game? Um, that first drive was amazing, but what, what did you actually take out of that game? What did you like and what did you not like? Um, what I did not like is that, you know, the time that it took. Um, I understand not swinging for the fence is the first thing. But, you know, the first time, but I think, like, if it was more of a deep shot, it would have definitely sent a bigger message, but it sent a big message either way. But that's that, that's the bad part. Now, let's get to the positive. The positive part is Kenny's arm, without question, it is it's showing that it's gotten better. Um, he definitely showed that on that one play or that one drive that he put a huge amount of work in, and it is showing. And that's why I feel like he's definitely going to take a huge jump this year in this season, this upcoming season. What I like the most is that pretty much the Pickett and Pickens connection just picked up where it left off last year. Ironically, you know, against the same team to me where it really got started at because they didn't find their spark until they played the Buccaneers. And that's when we really start to see a lot more of Kenny that we saw at Pitt. But I like that Matt Canada is not afraid to take deep shots. I wish he could take more. Definitely expect him to take more now that he realizes that you got that mobile quarterback that many people argue that you need to run your offense, but you also have one that's not afraid to take deep shots. And that's what I enjoy the most about that is that Kenny is showing you he's not afraid. He will back your defense up. And if you're not ready, then you're going to get scored on. And that's exactly what George Pickens showed on that play. So I'm, I'm so I'm actually happy. This is definitely a sign for the future that if, you know, we have that Batman and Robin Vaughn, it starts with the Pickett and Pickens connection. I agree with that. Is there any any players, maybe not even superstars, that you uh, that you looked at and saw, thought, man, they look a little bit better? One of the guys I looked at and thought he played well was um, Anthony McFarland. Thought that they gave him a lot more um, opportunity to to do what he what we thought he would do when he got drafted out of Maryland. You know, a guy that could catch a pass out of the backfield and make some moves. Um, was there any any Steeler, uh, maybe not even on your first team, that you really were like, wow, you know, this, this, this guy's playing some ball? I got to go with Calvin Austin. I've been hearing a lot of praise about him. I've been hearing a lot of good things. A lot of people said that, you know, the reason why we couldn't do X, Y, and Z or, you know, why we have this great receiver core, they mentioned him a lot. They mentioned Deontay Johnson, of course, because he's your number one receiver. They mentioned George Pickens because, without question, he does have the highest ceiling of all your receivers. They mentioned Darnell Washington. They mentioned all these guys. But last year, they said, you know, only if we have Calvin Austin, what would he do? What is he going to do? And I think on that touchdown play for Mason Rudolph, him to Calvin Austin, I think it showed us a glimmer of the future of what he's going to do. And I just cannot wait to see more of him. I want to see all that they saw. You know, they say he was the guy who gave Sauce Gardner life, a, you know, gave Sauce Gardner hell, who made his life a living hell. And I saw a little bit of that on the play. Obviously not against Sauce Gardner, but a great cornerback like Sauce Gardner, and you giving him hell, I'm waiting to see what you're going to do now 
end the season with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens right there to hold you down and back you up, along with Fry Move, Darnell Washington, and Gentry and the boys. But I think another player that, and I said this before, I'll say it again, that I think a lot of people need to start paying more attention to is Connor Hayward, who's pretty much in the you know, preseason picked up where he left off. But there's a lot of clutch plays that he made. He has caught a lot of deep passes that not too many people his size can make or can catch. And the fact that he could, his potential to me is at a good, is at a great, you know, length within the ceiling. I think the floor is where he's at right now. And with the fact that you got Pat Fryer moving, Darnell Washington and Zach Gentry there to back you up, you also can be a great fullback with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren as your running backs. And with a much upgraded offensive line, I think this year just might be a good breakout year for both Calvin Austin and, of course, my pick, my ultimate pick, Connor Hayward. I, I agree with you. I think with Hayward, with uh, Calvin Austin, uh, with Washington, the, the receivers, they have a ton of different weapons this year, which is going to be – it's got to be hard to defend this offense. I mean, especially if Canada opens it up, like you, you mentioned earlier on, we, he's got to open up the playbook because he has to. it's going to be very hard for a team to – you know, you, you worry about Pickens. You still got Deontay Johnson. You worry about, you know, a Friar move. We can, we can bring in Darnell Washington. There's just so many different um, ways the Steelers are going to attack you this year. And hopefully Matt Canada um, raises his game up as well as, as the Steelers' offense as they come. Um, the Steelers, Shay, spent a first-round pick on a bookend left tackle in the draft, of course, um, Broderick Jones. Do you think he starts the season behind Dan Moore, or do you think the Steelers start to plug and play him first couple of weeks until he becomes a starter? I think they're going to plug and play him because not only can he play left guard, I mean left tackle, but he can also play left guard. So with obviously the question marks that relies around Kevin Dotson, I think was the bigger motivation to why they drafted him. Because people seem, fans seem to forget how diverse or how versatile um, Broderick Jones really is as an offensive line. He can play both left tackle, you know, left tackle and left guard. And when you can play those two, you can plug them in on any any part of that left side that you want. So I think I really think he's definitely gonna see some playing time. They're gonna swap him in the first few weeks of the season to see can he outgun or can he outplay Dan Moore or can he outplay Kevin Dawson. Now, my pick is for him because he could definitely play left guard. My pick is for him to eventually take Dawson's spot because I think that's who they originally drafted him to replace. But I won't be surprised if they take if he takes Dan Moore's spot. But I think they're going to swap him in and out because, like I said, you don't trade up for someone. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, knowing how how stubborn and how pretty much and how much you value your draft picks and rightfully so they don't trade up for players that they don't, you know, eventually see as starters. So that then I definitely think that they're going to pretty much use those first few weeks, of course, as a tool in other words, to, uh, as a test to see what Broderick Jones is really about on a pro level. And, and sticking with the draft, the Steelers took um, Joey Porter Jr. Of course, with the first pick in the second round, uh, what do you what do you what do you make of him? Do you like that pick? Do you like um? I mean, he's a Pittsburgh guy, of course. He grew up with the uh, grew up around the Steelers his whole life, and that. Uh, do you think that he um he does improve at secondary right off the bat? I think so. 
Um, his arm length, without question, is one of the reasons why they took him. Obviously, history with his father is another reason, but it's because of what he's done at Penn State. A lot of people could say, oh, yeah, he only has three interceptions or blah, blah, blah. But how many touchdowns has he given up? How see the one thing that that bugs me a lot about Steeler fans? We complained that we didn't have cornerbacks since Ike Taylor, who did not give up much chunk plays or chunk yardage or big plays and things of that nature. Who did not give up touchdowns? Now that we drafted someone who has shown on film within his collegiate years that he doesn't do that, he you know he does that and he fits that need. Now we're complaining. Now, I'm not too happy about them losing Cam Sutton in the offseason because I think if they would have kept him inside Patrick Peterson with Joby Porter Jr., it would have been a lot more than our safety tandem we would have had to talk about. But without question, I think they're going to be a pretty solid secondary. I think Joey Porter Jr. is definitely going to be an X factor into why. I think he's going to definitely limit a lot of chunk, of chunk yardage that was given up last year. I believe he's a much upgrade, a better upgrade from everyone in that cornerback room. You could definitely question Levi Wallace, but he's going to have to tell me something. But, you know, other than Patrick Peterson, who's com a complete veteran, all-pro, pro-bowl cornerback, I think he, right now, is the second-best cornerback on that team. So I really enjoyed the pick. I definitely understood it. I think that it was a huge steal for them to get Joey Porter Jr. as the, you know, 32nd overall pick. I think, to me, other than Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington, if it wasn't for those picks right there, that would have been arguably be still in the draft because you got one of the best cornerbacks, and I think we got a generational talent within Joey Porter Jr. I agree. I mean, a lot of Steeler fans wanted us to take Porter in the first round, so the fact that we were able to um, still get him with the first pick of the second round, I thought was um, was a steal. And one thing you made a good point about as well is that as a guy that goes and does draft profiles over all these college cornerbacks, a really good college cornerback ain't going to have many interceptions for the reason that they're not going to be targeted. Throw on them. So um, that's one thing people, you know, the, the, the casual football fan will be like, oh, this guy had no interceptions. They don't realize the reason is they, they ain't going to throw um, to that side all the time. So that's a really good point there. Um, see here the Steelers made an effort to overhaul the inside linebacker position um this offseason they took they brought three men out brought four men in do you think it was enough to solidify the defense do you like what they did in the inside linebackers I mean I, on paper I think their defense looks better what do you think I agree with you um I loved it I like I like them drafting Nick Herbig and I love the things that I'm hearing about him I love that they got Holocom in the offseason because to me they've got an uh, upgrade for a way, you know, better discount than they got when they signed Miles Jack, you know, last offseason or the offseason before that. But I definitely believe that this defensive lineman has a better chemistry with the upcoming linebacker core than they did the previous years because of the bonding, because of the similarity with them playing styles. I think Nick Herbig is going to be a huge, you know, help for both T.J. Watt and Alex Smith in this season. People are sleeping on this 
you know, linebacker coordinator shouldn't be. Steelers knew what they were doing. They're drafting guys who resemble not the guys in the 70s, but the guys in the 2000s, the Joey Porters, the, the James Farriers, the Ziggy, well, Ziggy Hood was born in 2010s, but it was more of the Larry Foots. That's who these guys within Holocaust and Nick Herbig remind me of. A lot of the Larry Foots and the um, James Farriers, they obviously you have to be real dogs to be James Harrison or Joey Porter. But we know that they're, you know, we know they're not at that level just yet, but they obviously can get there. But I like it. I like I have better faith because not only are they better tacklers based off of what I saw, um they're also better tacklers and they're better run stoppers, which I think guys like Cameron Hayward. Keenan Bintu, um, TJ Watt, Alex Smith are definitely are definitely going to need and definitely gonna benefit from this offseason. But I also believe that their that linebacker core being as versatile and athletic as it is, I think the coverage with the versus receivers, which the Steelers love to do so much, are gonna be better. And I think it's gonna make it tougher for a lot of guys to get through that offense. I meant the offense line, correct me, linebacker course. So not only do I think they're better in coverage already because they're faster and more versatile, but I think they're better tacklers, which is definitely going to help with the run game. You could put them guys anywhere you want. So they not only did they, they got better and faster versatility or better, faster, and more aggressive versatility for a better discounted price. Um, and that's what I think. So I think that TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, and this is my hot take right here, but I think that both TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith are going to benefit from this young, fast, versatile, and aggressive new linebacking core in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we talked about the offensive line, the defensive, uh, the linebackers, a little bit of the secondary. What If you had a weakness on this team, you said this team, this is solar weakness. Is it is it coaching? Is it is it the Mac Canada? Is it is it just basically putting the players in the right spot? Or do you is there is there a unit that you still think could use some improvement? Maybe um, um you got Cam you got Cam Hayward and you got some young guys that have to try to try to get through with that Benton Benton and uh the weaknesses um who can I look at? The cornerback room. I can look at that and say a weakness because even though we talked Joe Porter Jr., I believe he's everything that I say he am. I say he's going to be, if not a hell of a lot more. Let me clear that up right now. But I can definitely can use some more help because don't I got question marks about the people behind Joey Porter Jr. and Patrick Peterson. Can those guys step up if we was to take them out in a game and give them a breather? Can they take their breather knowing that it won't uh, it won't force the defense to take a step back or force the defense or have the defense miss a beat? That's my number two question mark or weakness on this team. Number one is obvious. You already answered that. I think it's Matt Canada, who I believe, and I'm and I said this on my podcast, the Mike Bomb, I'm saying this now, and I definitely said it on Blitzers. There are zero, none excuses, none, no excuses at all for Matt Canada. I think this play calling to me will be the weakness headed into this year because that's the one thing that has not shown us enough to say, oh, yeah, we got him. It's up. It's on and popping. 
I think if this Steelers offensive line or this Steelers offense does not take the steps, not step, but steps that it needs to take, it will be because of the offense. It will be because the offensive coordinator. It will be because of Matt Canada. Because that guy, you got to step up. You got to show us something. You got to show us why we hired you as the offensive coordinator. You had four quarterbacks, five, since you've been there. You had Roethlisberger, didn't work out. Even Prime Big Ben, I said it before, I say it again, it, it won't work out. It, it will not work out. Two different playing styles, whether it's the young Big Ben or what many say, the wash Big Ben, whatever. Um, I also believe that you also had Mason Rudolph. Didn't really see much there, but, you know, you could definitely pick your apples and oranges with that one. Um, Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace upon his soul, didn't get the chance, but even when he did, we didn't see much of that, unfortunately. Um, and then we got Mitchell Trubisky. And now where are we at now? Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, to me, is the best fit for that offense. They have done nothing but good things for both Pickett and Canada. They have gave Canada a quarterback. They gave Kenny weapons. They gave you a run game. They gave you the best offensive line on paper we've had since 2018-19 when it was Pouncey, DeCastro, and them guys. You now got something that could be familiar to that. You also got a great running back for in Najee and Jalen Warren. Then you also have Connor Hayward, who you can use in multiple ways anywhere on that offense. You want him as a running back, you can. You can. You want him as a fullback, you can. Hell, put him on special teams, you can. And that's why I think a lot of Steelers fans just need to stop overlooking that name. I understand your excitement about Pickens. I'm excited about him. Deontay Johnson, I expect to have a bounce back here, so I'm definitely going to be looking at that guy. I understand about far moving them boys. But Connor Hayward can be an X factor, or to me, will be an X factor into that. So I say with all this faith that I have in everyone else, I can't say I have that same faith in the offensive coordinator in the lights of Matt Canada until fucking notice. That's my question mark to this year. That's my biggest question mark because if this team does not take steps forward, Matt Canada without question will be the factor in the reason behind why. My, one of my weaknesses when I did a little thing on the Steelers for, uh, on draft412.com was I like their running backs. I do. I like, I like Najee and I like Jalen Warren. I, I wish... I was always thinking, why didn't we sign a, a third guy, to, like a veteran? Because if Najee would get hurt, uh, I hope he doesn't. But if he would get hurt, I don't know if Jalen Warren will be able to carry the ball 20, 25 times a game. And I would love, it would be nice to have. And I was looking at before, like, what would you think if they had brought in like a Leonard Fournette? Like a guy that, you know, you, you don't have, you don't have to feed him the ball every week. He's an order guy that maybe, you know, if you, lo if you lose a guy. Um, that's why I was happy to see McFarland show up. In the first game, I know it's only exhibition, but I just think they're running back depth. And they did sign a kid yesterday, um, Xavier and Valade. Um, so I think they're—I don't think they're real happy with like their four or five running backs, which it's not a big, really a big deal because Greg Bell really probably won't see much playing time, even if he did make the team. So, but what do you think about the running back depth? Would you have liked to see maybe another veteran come in? Um. I said that I think they should have shoot their shot with Kareem Hunt. 
Because to me, that's still a running back that, yes, like you said, is a veteran, but he's also in his prime. And I've seen what he can do with Darnish Johnson and Nick Chubb in Cleveland. And I would just love to see what he will, how he would benefit both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, along with Kyle Hayward, who I think is going to be used in the running game pretty often. Um, I think that Kareem Hunt definitely play style fits what the Pittsburgh Steelers is. You know, they're not prima donna. They're pretty much punch you dead in your mouth. Kareem Hunt's playing style definitely defines that. And it, and the pressure of having him would definitely have Najee and Jalen both step their game up because you don't want to lose your job, especially when you were handed, like Najee Harris was, handed team captain last year. You would detach your class from Big Ben to you within leading this offensive team, even though we know within the quarterback position it was past the Kennedy, obviously. But it would definitely keep more pressure on Najee to play up to his best level because not only does he realize that he can lose his job, but the person he can lose his job to will make it hard for him to get it back or think to get it, to, you know, get it back. So, and then along with that, but Kareem Hunt can definitely get a lot of chunk yardage within, you know, one, you know, one, you know, one take, um, one run. And averaging about what, three and a half to five yards carry sometimes, the Steelers can use that because a lot of third and threes, a lot of fourth and ones. And I think having a veteran running back like behind Najee and Jalen Warren would definitely allow them to be more aggressive, which we want to see on, you know, short fieldage. It would definitely give them better faith than running the football, knowing that they don't have not one, not two, but three healthy backs that can easily be number ones on over teams. Yeah, I agree. When I was going over to depth, I thought that was the one position that, I mean, you have a great, you have depth of quarterback, of course. You have um, the receiver depth. What do you think of that? I mean, I think Allen Robinson, I know he ain't the Allen Robinson that he was early in his career, but he's still, a, I think, a good veteran, number three receiver that you, you stick in there. And then uh, you already mentioned Calvin Austin. If he ups his game like like they say he can, um, you're four, you're pretty much four deep at receivers. So I love that depth. Um, the tight ends, I love the tight end depth. I mean, you got Gentry's your third guy, and that's, you know, he's a six, seven tight end that can block. So, I mean, you can't go wrong there. Um, one of the things I've been reading, and I hope it's more of a, it's more of just a just a, a sports guy just making a name for himself. But I'm hearing that they, they're not going to use Darnell Washington a lot this year, which makes no sense to me. Um, especially like when you can we can line up two tight ends with with him and Fryermuth. I mean, how are you gonna? How, how's the defense gonna gonna stop that? And then you got you got speed on the outside, and, and from everything you're hearing about George Pickens, I mean, um, people are saying he could be he could be the Justin Jefferson of the NFL. That's how you know you're starting to read stuff like that right now. So, what do you think of the receiver depth? Do you like do you like the signing of Robinson and 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 do you, you like what they have in the room with with Johnson Pickens? Um, Actually, I just like a little bit of me forgot that we did acquire Allen Robinson. I, shame on me because I didn't even remember that part because of so much that happened this offseason. So, Mr. Robinson, if you're watching this, sorry. I, no disrespect towards you. It's so many names that sometimes slip-ups happen, and this was one of them. But, this is the biggest offseason, I think, signing-wise. We've never signed this many guys. so it's, Yes, it's, but it's like, what I, it's like what I told a lot of Steelers fans. New quarterback, new era, new general manager, 
new era. I think it was Kevin Colbert who held us back from doing all of this. I think everyone else was around. Everyone else around was just ready to make moves like this. But when you have a GM that rather do things the old school way and just too stubborn to realize that it doesn't work or it's not working that way no more because things are just not like that anymore, it makes it hard for you to do things. So I think Khan definitely opened up a lot of more trust and freedom in that front office. And that's why we're seeing the things we're seeing. We're like, whoa, what is this? This is new offseason. We should be excited. Blah, 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 blah. You want to know why? Because it's not the same stuff as Steelers who just sit back and do nothing. It's Steelers that if they see something and they know it's going to benefit their team and it feels a need, we're going to take it. That's what we want, and that's what Omar Khan does. And he showed that with Allen Robinson. He got Allen Robinson for a bag of chips. But I think he definitely saw how desperate the L.A. Rams was to just clean house and start new because they already cashed in on the Super Bowl. That's what they did all of that for. That's what they put all them draft picks up for. So I think Alex Robinson is actually going to help out us because it's going to open up more room for Deontay Johnson to get loose. So that's why I'm definitely picking him to have a bounce back season along with his ability that he brings to the table already. And then on top of that, in my opinion, I just think he's ready to shut the naysayers up. And so am I. And I'm going to be right there in Acre Shore to watch him get it done and on the road. But um, back to the basis of Allen Robinson, I think is also going to allow George Pickens to get a lot of those catches that he liked. You know, he definitely loves to get those one handers. I definitely, you know, it's going to open up opportunities to, for him to do that. But and if it don't, they're going to pay for it because we're going to leave Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin and Pat Fryer moving Darnell Washington or Gentry or whoever out there on that field one-on-one or in West Bubble crap and or West Bubble land. And that's definitely going to cost a lot of, you know, it's definitely going to cost a lot of trouble for opposing defenses and they're going to make you pay for it. So I just think that. I would call Allen Robinson the neutralizer of this receiving court. I like I think, I think the veteran presence will always help these young guys as well. He's been around. He's had um, a couple thousand yard seasons. Um, like I said, recently in LA, he wasn't really getting a ton of playing time or was his numbers weren't, weren't as what they were early in his career with Jacksonville. So um, we ask everybody that comes on for the Steelers and, it, this is my one negative thing about the Steelers. I think they did really good this offseason. I really do. But the only negative thing is I think our division did really well as well. I think um, Cincinnati with Burrow and Chase, he got um, he still got Baltimore with, you know, Lamar Jackson signing this contract. They got talent around him on defense and offense. And then Cleveland gets a full season now out of um, Deshaun Watson, who – didn't do great last year, but for a guy that was out for a full season, that's not too bad for, you know, coming out of not playing for a season. He did pretty well. I think he'll do better. Where do you have the Steelers in the AFC North? Um, Where do I have the Steelers? Yeah, how many, how many wins do you think? I mean, it's a hard thing to predict. I mean, our division is – The divisional wins or are we talking wins in general? How many how many wins in what place you think they'll be in? Um, I think they could get I think the floor this year is gonna be ten wins. I think the ceiling will be twelve because I don't see them losing more than five games. Or no, correct me, more than seven games. 
but I don't, you know, I think the win and loss column is going to fall between five and seven. Um, but I think that they're going to, the floor is 10 and seven. The ceiling is 12 and five. If they exceed that, you know, kudos, great job, fellas. Um, AFC North, I said this on my, I just said this off the podcast show that I just did. I got the Steelers to win AFC North this year. I'm picking them because one, let's just say here, the biggest threat I see headed into this year will be the Ravens. And let me tell you why. The running game in Baltimore. Jacob Dobbins is no joke. Or DK Dobbins is no joke. And J.K. Dobbins, I had it right. Okay. It's no joke. You know, you got him. You you got so many running backs in Baltimore. You got Gus Edwards. You see, it's just so many. You can't even name them all. Then you just acquired OBJ, drafted Zay Flowers. Then you already have Mark Andrews already there. Lamar Jackson, offensive line. You can't forget about Ronnie Stanley, who to me is a huge X factor and a difference maker within that offensive line. That's finally getting well enough in Baltimore to give Lamar Jackson some time to release the ball. And then you got Lamar Jackson, who's a problem by himself, who clearly can carry an offense by itself. The only question is, can Lamar stay healthy? That's really going to be the only question mark. And with a new offensive coordinator, I expect some huge changes in Baltimore than what I saw from um, Greg last year. As for the defense, do I really got to mention that they've only given up one touchdown in the fourth quarter the entire, I think it was one game losing touchdown last year or in the second half of the season. That was to Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is why I give the Steelers the edge over them because this one team in this division that's had the Ravens number, it will be the Steelers. On the road or at home, the Ravens have won the least amount of divisional games versus the Steelers in the past two years. So, or the past three seasons. So that matters. Then let's go with the Bengals. I cannot fear a team that goes 3-3 against the division in a reload and rebuilding phase. I can't fear you. I respect you because of what you have. I understand what you have, especially within that receiving court. No joke. Especially that defensive line. No joke. Top 10, top 5 in all phases within those two units that I just mentioned. Receiving court and defensive line. But you can definitely argue um, that offensive line, meh. You're back up. Okay. You got Joe Mixon. I understand that. Who's behind him? Because Nick Chubb is coming with Darnish Johnson. DK Dom or J.K. Dobbins is coming with Gus Edwards. Najee is coming with Jalen Warren. Who do you have to back up Joe Mixon? Look at the offensive line. You can argue the Bengals have the, the worst offensive line right now in the division. It's not going to be as good as people think it is. I don't think Orlando Brown is going to be as much of an X factor as people think. And I think that, you know, it's going to be hard to stick those receivers, but I think they might take a step back because a lot of people are figuring out, you know, are going to figure those guys out. But losing Jesse Bates, losing Von Bell is going to hurt a lot more than people think. It's going to. And with a questionable cornerback room, who I don't really see much in, a lot of teams can go deep this year, and the impact will definitely hurt them. So I just think the Bengals are going to take a step back because they lost the most in this division, but they gained the least. So I don't see them repeating as AFC New York champions this year. I didn't really see them doing it last year, and if it wasn't for Syracuse the games that they weren't supposed to lose, which was game two to them, and then 
the Ravens being injured, you would have not won this division last year, plus you got handed the AFC North title. So it's like, I can't fear you. I don't fear you. You're not this dominant team everyone thinks you are. I just think that you got lucky with the circumstances of your division, and it stops this year. By the way, the, the backup running back for the Bengals is Chris Evans and Chase Brown. So they do have a lot of – they don't have much there. Chase Brown was a, a, a lower draft pick this year. So they, Mixon gets hurt. That will hurt. And we already saw Burrow um, is out with an injury. So I get your reasoning here. I love your – um. Your floor and your ceiling. What I could not add to that is that at times Joe Barrow does make some careless throws. Um, I just think that he's going to do a lot of that this year because, buddy, I think he's getting a little too cocky with throwing the football. That oh yeah, I'm Joe Barrow. I can get this off, and I think it's going to cost him this year. I, I just I see the Bengals taking a step back this year. I don't see them getting to the playoffs. I don't even see them doing that. I would not be surprised if they go last in the division this year. I would not be surprised. Cleveland, number Pittsburgh, Baltimore getting better. I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm not expecting it. I love your floor and ceiling that you gave the Steelers because, I mean, let, let's just be honest. If we review last season, there is no way Mike Tomlin should have got nine wins out of that team for everything we went through. And for us to win nine games, if you, if you don't think with the, the, the stuff we've added – that we can't win one more game this year with the schedule that isn't quite as bad as last year. Um, I, I like that. I like the 10 and 12. I think anything after 12 is more like, like you said, it's like gravy. Like if you go 13, 14. Yeah, unrealistic. But I could see where, I could see your reasoning because we shouldn't lose, we shouldn't lose eight, eight games in this year. I mean, I can't see it with, um with the additions that we've made. I mean, don't get me wrong. And, and it happened last year too. Injuries can change everything. I mean, pick it goes down which I hope he doesn't. But if Pickett gets, you know, we got to worry about his concussions. Um, he's not in the 2-0 range yet, but he had two last year. So if Pickett would get one in the first couple games this year, I'm sure he would become one of them them guys people talk about. Oh, we got to watch, you know, watch him get another concussion kind of thing. Um, can't lose a guy like Pickens. But I, I think if the Steelers stay healthy, I agree with you. I think, I think 11-12 wins should be right around what people – should expect if the, if if they stay healthy. If if there's injuries, of course it's gonna it's gonna fluctuate. But I mean, but Tomlin did last year. To, to me, I I made it a, a statement that Tomlin should have been coach of the year last year in the NFL. I know they don't give it to nine and eight teams, but for what they went through and for how, what they, I mean, there's not a person in the world that would have bet that the Steelers would be nine and eight after after their start. And he he pulled they pulled it off, and I mean, just missed the playoffs. So. I agree with everything you said tonight. I mean, um, I worry about the way Matt Canada is going to call games. I do. I mean, even it was so refreshing that first drive last game. I'm like, wow, that was so nice to see see him let these players play seven throws on one drive. When's the last time? When's the last time that's happened? I mean, it's been a while from that. And um, the only excuse I'm going to give Canada for his years of being here is he did have to doctor his playbook down the year Roethlisberger was still here, which I got that. He couldn't – he wasn't going to throw the ball past 15, 20 yards anyways. But for him not to change it up last year when Roethlisberger was gone was was a, a cause for concern. It was the same, same play calling as the year before with much better talent around um, them. But, Shay, thank you. you. You were a great, great guest. You know your Steelers well. You know your division well. You know your football well. Um you want to give a shout out to what what um, people can how people can get a hold of you or, or listen to your podcast or 
Um, yeah, I definitely, you know, last recording of the Mike Bomb just happened before I got on here. You can definitely listen to the last episode, which we'll be releasing within the next two weeks. I have a new episode releasing tomorrow night, so you can definitely listen to that. Um, Blitzers is definitely going to be taken with me in the further future, as I am looking to get back into that sooner rather than later. And you can just give me a follow overall on social media at Max Sports, where you can find me, find everything that I do. My link tree, everything will be right there. And yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Thank you so much. And and, and all you draft 412 people out there, Thursday, August 24th, we're going to be at the City Winery, uh, fun football philanthropy. Uh, celebrating football in the Ryan Shazir Fund. Uh, get your tickets tonight, www.draft412.com. And let me tell you that I've met, got to talk to Ryan a couple of times now. He may be the nicest human. I'm not going to say nicest athlete. He's just the nicest person I've ever met in my life. The way he, um, just the way he, um, the way he goes about business. And uh, at, at our draft party at Stage AE, my son and five of his friends got their picture taken on stage with him. And, they said thank you, and they were going to walk away from him and just to leave him go, let him be on his own. But Ryan Shazir grabbed every kid's hand, shook his hand, and and thanked them, which you don't see that very often from a, um, a professional athlete. So hopefully people can come out and, and take care of the Ryan Shazir Fund, come out listen to some football. Shay, thank you so much for listening and uh, talking today about, about the Steelers. You gave me gave me some good points of views. It's always good to hear um, other people's um other people's uh, what they think, and uh, you actually open my eyes now with the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a closer look because I mean, on paper, you still think Burrow and Chase, but the offensive line definitely is, uh, is not there. And we've already seen Burrow. Um, I don't even think he's gonna play in the exhibition. He's so out hurt. He might miss a game or whatever. So I, I, like, I like what you're saying. I'm hoping I'm hoping you're right. I hope the Steelers do win a division because I think this team. Um, Team could be a none of the magical teams they put together where you just start seeing a lot of talent and and everywhere. So hopefully, hopefully it's a big season. And Shay, I hope uh, we can talk to you again. And as the season goes on, we can talk about what's going on, what's what's working, what's not, and go from there. But thank you so much for being our guest tonight. You're welcome. No problem. Great to be on.